trick. Hello, and I can't take myself off mute appropriately. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Modern Romantic Podcast, where we celebrate romanticism through art, storytelling, nature, music, poetry, creating, and passionate people doing incredible things, and watching me take myself off mute when needed. Uh, Hello, I <laughs> I am being persecuted in the chat because apparently I haven't watched any of the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, hi, I'm Trey, and tonight I am joined by my excellent co-host, uh, Top of the Morning to you. And I can't do that in an Irish brogue, I'm sorry. Uh, Emily, hi Emily. I'm going to change my name to, you have to watch Lord of the Rings to be friends with me. <laughs> 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 okay. But you'll get a well, stay of execution for now. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, thank you. Oh, magnanimous one. <laughs> um, uh, we also invite you to go watch all the Lord of the Rings movies and share us with a friend. Um, tonight, we have a very wonderful guest uh, for which, for whose website I'm already um, salivating over the products that they have displayed because, oh my God, did they look amazing. Um, but I'm going to pass it over to Emily. Would you do this, the honor of in, uh, introducing our very welcome guest tonight? Yes, tonight we have Amy Gilbo from Henderson's Hearth. Um, Amy does uh, baking and makes jams and soup mixes and uh, gifts and all kinds of things. And she does Renaissance festivals and is located in Louisiana. So lords and ladies... Uh, princes and princesses and uh, food lovers, please welcome Amy Kilbo. Thank you. Thank you. Be here with you. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, Amy, I do have to say that um, when, when Emily sent me the link for it, I just started scrolling and started making a wish list of things. And one of the first, one of the first things that came up was um, your blueberry with. Let me get the name right. Your blueberry with thyme jam. Yes. Um, oh my God, does that sound amazing? And then raspberry citrus honey jam. Uh, mm -hmm. I have definitely found products that I will be adding to my collection very, very soon. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, how did you um, how did you get started? Um, what inspired yeah. you to um, to start crafting all of these excellent dishes? It was um, after work Renaissance festival through other vendors. I noticed that they were all running out and spending a big load of money eating at restaurants. The soup mixes actually came up first because you can stick those in a crock pot at lunch waiting for you when you got done at the end of the day and then of soup you might want bread or dessert so some of them are family recipes curated but I got a nice little selection going and then of my first season at the Louisiana Ren Fair we were putting all the up on the shelf and I'm going, hmm, that looks bland. I shouldn't make jam. Like I had totally lost my mind and came up with um, the 
first year. And normally I try to have about five, but right now finding some of the fruits availability. So we have four on the website right now. They have strawberry vanilla jam, raspberry citrus honey jam, blueberry with thyme jam, and orange ginger marmalade. That all sounds so good. Uh, so, uh, so my partner and I finished watching the uh, Paddington Paddington Bear movies, hmm. um, and honestly, there was nothing cuter than like seeing him just go, "Would you like a marmalade sandwich?" I just <laughs> happen to have one in my hat. <laughs> that clip with the one of my all-time favorite scenes. That was just, and then she pulls her. <laughs> I just thought that was terrific. Oh, that was so cute. A, a total but, PR stunt, but so cute. Yeah, but I hope if I make it to her age of humor and I can joke about myself and everybody, I thought that was... But with the jams, I make them the way our grandmothers did. So that it's fruit, sugar, lemon juices the only preservative I use and then I feel to make it something you can't find at your local box growth yeah oh. I noticed those flavors are flavors that I've not really seen that you can't just go get yeah, yeah. what do you have a favorite yourself it depends um, the orange marmalade I'm with it so as a glaze on vegetables or on meat, it's, it's wonderful breakfast or your scones. Um, the strawberry vanilla jam used it as the filling on her wedding cake a few years oh. ago. <clears throat> yes, and I'm I've done uh, salad dressings well or with the orange juice. I mean the um. The raspberry citrus. I'm just having a plain slice of toast. It's, it's the raspberry citrus for me. Okay. That sounds so good. That sounds like my kind of combination. One of the people in the chat said, strawberry vanilla jam for a strudel. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and marmalade on scones. Always. <laughs> we're, all, we're all drooling now. <laughs> Thank you. And I didn't bring well, there, any towels. <laughs> mixes, I, I've tried to keep the mixes really simple. I mean, it's traditional recipes. I'm busy with school and a lot of people with kids and things. This is something you can prepare. The breads are all quick breads. So you don't have to knead them and wait for them to rise. I'm in a bread maker unless you have a quick bread set thing. And so you just mix them up, pop, you're good to go. That um, sounds so nice. Amy, how, because you have a lot of like Celtic themes and, um, and just kind of strewn throughout your website. And, and I was just kind of wondering, um, do you have like Irish heritage? Um, did that play any part into uh, the kind of food that you decided to make? Yes. Um, my mother was my mother's maiden name. 
and she is our Scottish lineage from way back. Although my Scottish many generations ago, but um, so that's where the Henderson's hearth came from. My mother, because she never put, met a person she, she couldn't feed, <laughs> and it seemed like a good fit for the Ren Fair. It was something I my heritage and going, oh, so this is where the Welsh tea cakes came, whose grandmother was from Wales. So it's like, okay. And it just slowly evolved. And it, it just seemed like a perfect fit. Kind of fell into place and the company almost formed itself. Wow. It kind of all just fell into place, huh? Yes. And this, I've been doing this nine years. What I thought was going to be just, hey, let's play at the Ren Fair at home. Full-time job. Uh, several states, many different rentals, and the online sales, too. I just want to make sure that everybody at home knows, everybody that's listening and watching knows that you can order on the hendersonshearth.com and have all of this goodness we're talking about shipped directly to you. So don't worry about that. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Tracy. We're readily Sorry. available. <laughs> She's yes, going to get off the podcast and go. <laughs> She'll get off the podcast right now and go fill your order. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait for her. <laughs> um, so you talked about um, going to different Renaissance festivals. Um, and I just was wondering what got you started going to Renaissance festivals? Um, the fantasy of it the romanticism of it. Um, we owe all the hardships of 400 years ago. You know, get to play dress up in a persona. When I'm doing the Ren Fair, I have a very horrible Scottish accent that I use. You just get Yay. to play another character. So it's history. I, and I especially as... I've been doing this more, I've learned, because the Louisiana Ren Fair takes place at a time when Mary, Queen of Scots, of Queen Elizabeth. And we had a Queen Elizabeth there, and she and I could a little bit on that. I mean, I'm supposed to be respectful of the Queen, but she knew where my loyal. <laughs> it's like, you're taking care of my <laughs> it's just it's fun I did drama in high school and career out of acting so this gives me a chance to indulge by my acting and for sure it's such a great group of people to be involved with too yeah um I'm, for me I don't think that there's really anything that you could do that's more like drama or um I'm losing words tonight, but just that improv. There we go. Jeez. Um, there's nothing right. more, more improv that you can do than like go to Ren Fair and adopt a persona for like eight hours straight. Yeah. And... Yep. For sure. And 
that's probably who's going for the first time to a Ren Fair. It's interactive. Pull away if somebody starts talking directly at you as a character. Don't be afraid to ask or get them rolling because that's what it's all about. That's the that's a big part of it that's fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. So what would make you start rolling? I do have to ask. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the encounters you've had out there? What would get me start rolling? I don't yeah, know um, just, what you mean. Oh, um, so for me, I try to like intentionally uh, get improvers to uh, to just start just kind of breaking down character a little bit um, and just make them start laughing so hard. Kind of like kind of like they used to do on the Carol Burnett show and just like crack a joke and then everybody just kind of like loses character a little bit. Um, what would yeah. what would make you start? Uh, what would make you start just laughing and just break character? Usually the children. They come up with the most cool questions and come out of left field with those. One we Louisiana. So I've got a little wooden booth, supposed to look like my home. And the child's asking me, so how do you pack this up at the end of the show? We just packed up the booths and took the booths with us when we moved on to the next Ren Fair. And some silly things. You tell them all the recipes come from Ireland, Scotland. I had one look at me and go, so? <laughs> Didn't know how to respond to that. For us, we find it really special. <laughs> yeah. So keep you on your toes. I believe that. Is there anything that's happened that you've really felt like, yeah, this is this is why I do what I do? I'm that that hit home. Probably one of my favorite. Well, there's um, little lady in her sixties or seventies, and I mean, I'm she was shorter than me. She came up to my booth at the Tennessee Renaissance Festival. Crowd that was there. This woman makes my breakfast is sexy <laughs> apparently it was this strawberry vanilla jam and she would almost a whole case to last her until the next year she, she had driven from north of where that festival is in nashville or outside of nashville that is but she had driven down just for the renaissance festival and she had a list of booths at and I was on it, and I'm going, okay, that was worth all the aggravation. Get there, trying to make enough product. And, and then one of my, from an old sci-fi TV show, I had met his wife, and she was husband, was in love with the orange marmalade. And then I was to the science of time, and she She's like, oh, good, you're here. I'm going to bring my husband over. Yes. And I'm trying to be, you know, the mature adult. And then the inside going off in the back of my head. And he's just going on about how he loves the marmalade. She know, she could tell I knew who he was. And he's going, wait, you watch the show? And no, I did. <laughs> but for him to, you know, he told me that was the best mark in the 
States. Wow. So that was, that was nice for somebody I admire. He was admiring mine and that just, that felt really good. Yeah. That's, that's pretty great. All right. So out of all of the Renaissance festivals, festivals that you've been to, which one has been your favorite and why? Oh, well, the Norman, Oklahoma Renaissance Festival this past, this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping my children live up there. And my grandson came to work with us this year. So now I have an excuse to go up there and spend, you know, a little more time with them. Really fun getting him hooked because he had never really been to a Ren Fair before. And I don't know, they eat just have their own map. I mean, Louisiana, I get to go home and sleep in my own bed. <laughs> but that's where I was there. Um, doing six weeks in February is not too rough. Yeah. Um, Tenor is on, it's in these, these woods. Mm-hmm. It's on a private piece of land, buildings. It just looks like everybody just came out to this to sell their wares for spring and it's gorgeous out wonderful people that support the fair and come out every year i'd say that i've i've been to one that was you know that i went to and said they all just have their best you know their different qualities that make them sure i'm about to go to my first uh so we're very much looking forward to uh to experiencing many things. Good. And which one will you be going to? Uh, Carolina Renfest. Beautiful things about that one. Uh, yeah, uh, it's so much. <laughs> I have heard that it's huge. Um, and we're very much looking forward to it. So um, I, yeah, when, when somebody asked us once, uh, like a couple weeks back, like, uh, what we're going to do first, we both looked at each other and went, we don't know. <laughs> we're just going to go and have a good time. Did I hear you say that you hadn't been there good. before? I hadn't been there, and nor have I. Um, I've never been to a run fest. I thought you had been to the Carolina. Well, this is exciting, and I feel like I missed this somehow. Like, maybe we talked about it before, and I don't remember, but... Um... I'm glad you're remedying this tragedy too. Um, <laughs> since we already covered Lord of the Rings this time, you're, yeah, Josh said Trey, you're fired. <laughs> uh, Josh, how, oh, I mean, right. I'm just gonna get like a, the letter A, and instead of like adultery, I've just committed atrocities. Atrocity. Thank you for your audacity. Right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad evolving. you're going. <laughs> I right. He's, he's new experiences. Don't judge. He's at least doing it. He's not anti-Renaissance Festival. He's not dissing it. He's he's going to go experience it. Right. And we want a full report when you come back. I think that would Absolutely. be cool. Yes. And, I mean, I do have to say that if I dissed anything to do with the Renaissance Festival, I think I would have been burned alive at the stake. Personally, by my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it would be a steak uh that maybe appeared in a movie that you haven't seen yet <laughs> 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 
Josh said, of course we love Trey. We just have to give him hell when we learn of these gross deficiencies. Yeah, gross deficiencies. <laughs> okay, moving right along back to our lovely guest. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You know what? I did have a really great question, and it was, I, you've had a lot of people from all over try your products, and it sounds like you've gotten amazing feedback, and you've got to meet a lot of really amazing people through doing this. What is who is someone that you would just be thrilled to have stop by your booth and try or purchase and or purchase your your products? What's somebody that would just uh, make you giddy or pass out or whatever reaction you have? <laughs> list is kind of long on that. <laughs> well, you can pick a few. Um, oh, pretty much anybody that played a hobbit and the lord of the rings yeah sorry no don't apologize yeah. for that trey should be apologizing for that <laughs> just i watch um <laughs> the friendship onion oh, i don't yeah. know if yeah they have um, their podcast uh dom monahan and uh billy billy boyd right what? yeah dom and billy if you're listening we'd love to they just seem, talk to you. they just seem like such a fun group um they do else uh, yeah i think don't know that i'd i'd faint or anything but i would definitely be playing with them because i know they'd be able to improv and interact and just the silliness i feel like they have fun all the time everywhere sam hewan would probably make me Drop to the familiar with Outlander. Oh yes, <laughs> more, more than I'd like to admit. Uh, Jamie, I the, the actor that plays Jamie. That would yeah. That... Um, I'm happily married, but it wouldn't be too bad <laughs> to have him just put him on the front porch and have him talk about how good the products are. I could go home the end of the night. You would sell out because the whole of the Renaissance Festival would come visit your booth. <laughs> then I could probably afford a bottle of his scotch. So, right, right. Got, no kidding. He's got that, that own private reserve, in that his own label that is. Uh, Josh, oh, uh, Seth said, especially with his Hobbit feet, I wouldn't have expected Trey to want to reconnect with his ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> And Josh said, okay. oh, I'll let you answer to that first, Trey. First of all, the library <laughs> is not open. Do you see any books behind me at this moment? The library is closed, and it has been closed. How dare you? <laughs> and Josh said, I mean, you know the hobbits are going to love those jams and marmalades. Yes, hobbits do love, like, everything you carry on your website is something a hobbit would love. And our inner hobbits would love it too. <laughs> My inner hobbit. I saw a t. I saw a t-shirt recently that said "trying to like an elf," and I just think that's my life goal now. Wait, I think you cut out for a second. Trying to what an elf? <laughs> trying to hobbit, but look like an elf. Oh, yeah, it definitely oh. cut out. <laughs> Huh? That's pretty funny. I like that. 
<laughs> Amy would be banned from the Ren Fair for rich witchcraft for how good her food is. Oh, that's so nice. I, I just saw that. Thank you. Not the banned part. The good food part. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before the podcast was starting, you had mentioned to us um, that you had gotten started with um, some fantasy series um, like, um, oh my gosh, of course, Lord of the Rings. Um, you started playing D&D a little bit. Um, who are some of your like big all-time inspirations when it comes to fantasy? Ah. Uh definitely C.S. Lewis, Narnia series, and his other books. He's probably my, my number one favorite author. Tolkien, I, I got hooked on that early. Yeah. Seeing the animated, the animated Lord of the Rings in the movie theater. Oh. I'm dating myself. But, um... That's awesome, though. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Convention in um, New Orleans when I was in high school group that was doing the SCA medieval reenactments and then you had the group I'd Star Wars and the Star Trek group and it was just being able to embrace their geekiness at the time before it was cool so there were so many opportunities to I mean I got a chance to meet Martin, before I even knew who he was, really, and then later on, I'm going yeah, before, and you know, the Lord of the, um, the Game of Thrones and everything. Going, oh yeah, I saw him at a dance once. Wait, who did you say you got to meet? George Martin. Oh, cool. The author of yeah, I think he's from this area. And he was at a lot of the local to New Orleans. It was strictly books, the fantasy books and the science fiction books are there. And I had met him through some other friends. I didn't know what was going on, but um, it would definitely have to be C.S. Lewis is my all-time favorite. Good choice. Tolkien. I don't know if I pronounce it correctly. No, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Although I have later picked up, you know, Jim Butcher fan for the Dresden series, and there's quiet. Some of the names I'm afraid to throw out. I don't. No, know don't how go ahead. We've, they are. If we don't know them, our audience may. Um, that was one I didn't know myself. But yeah, no, whatever. So far, you, you that's the only one I haven't heard of that you've mentioned <laughs> this whole podcast. So. And then non-fantasy, I am a fan too. That just speaks to my my romance, the vintage England, the the estates and the tea. Being able to just live life out in the country. Had I gotten to pick a life? Yeah, I I like the idea of. Well, have you seen the new? Have you seen Enola Holmes? movie on netflix it's like a female sherlock um, holmes i have not watched you might like that i'll have to look into that i think you would television as i used to yeah that one's on netflix 
If you like Sam Hune, you will be equally as charmed by Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes. I'll take Henry Cavill as anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's I in, like he's in that like this much, but he's in it. My husband is a huge Witcher fan. I was just about to bring that up, just, too. I'm, much but every now and then he'll be watching it and i'll walk past and it's like oh, he's in the bathtub yay <laughs> yay the bathtub scene i'm so <laughs> dancing <laughs> that's awesome i was about to ask if you'd seen the witcher but that yeah hooray yeah did you see um the series the tutors and he was in that yes that was that's where of... I that's where I discovered him. Same here. That's yeah. Where I... And then he got Superman, mm-hmm. which I thought he was excellent as much as superhero geek as as the sci-fi and the the fantasy. You can probably tell just by the etch spoons that I have on the website. I'm gonna look at them and see. There's some Harry Potter. There's some Lord of the Rings. This. Sassanac is from Outlet. I refer to them fondly as my geek spoons. I have um, a gigantic circle of friends I'm going to be sharing your Sassanac spoon with. Uh, so oh, thank you. hopefully um, I can get that spread around and you can sell out of those. I hope you can uh, replenish your stock quick enough because you might. I really love the um, one spoon to rule them all as well. I thought that was clever, and I might need that in my kitchen. I'm looking to hopefully expand them a little bit. Um, there's a lady out of Texas, and she wholesales. Okay. And so the only thing I haven't found was we need to come up with a Doctor Who spoon. Mm. That's the only of my selection of of interests like a tardis spoon or a well she's so clever with the phrasing wise yeah and that's usually how i can sneak it into like like a renaissance festival you need to stir the batter with the spoon and then trying to get those different so even if she just did one with the all the gears and such but i'm sure she's in about custard or oh um okay uh not intended to be a pitch at all but um on the back of it you could say something like my other tool is a uh, my other tool is a sonic screwdriver oh (laughs) i like that or it's a sonic spoon yeah (laughs) sonic spoon (laughs) love that if so considering that we've talked about like fantasy and we've talked about renaissance festivals you've mentioned sam hune uh making you drop to your knees if he came by and was buying your food um this is like my one question that i love to ask anybody um given like all the things that we're into if there is either a either a character from a book or a real-life person that you could have lunch with. And it can be the biggest buffet of, like, fae-invited whatever that you could imagine. But you would have lunch with them. Who would that be with? 
Professor McGonagall. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Why? It's a good choice. I just think. I mean, maybe it's my desire to just meet Maggie Smith. I just think she's. You get a taste of of some of her sense of humor series of the the movies, but just sends her her wisdom. I just think she'd be fascinating. To talk. Yeah, and I I kind of see myself becoming that. I mean, you try to put on a persona when you're being a business person, and you're trying, especially when you go into a line like I did. I mean, and I ran off and joined the Ren Fair because in modern media, those people that work at Renaissance festivals as loser types are the toughest working and biggest work ethic. And it's a book. They're kind of leery of newcomers, but once they invite your seal of approval is that they realize you're working just as hard as they seriously. You're not just out there to run around and have fun and fun with your line of work Mm -hmm. that you appreciate that this is how I pay. It's, um, it's kind of funny. So what I do for work is I do some instructional instructional design and, um, I created a character at work who was actually based on in large part on Maggie Smith, um, just her wit, um, but more so on the like the Downton Abbey side of things. Um, <laughs> yes, just dry wit puns like you couldn't believe quips. So um, Maggie Smith is formally embedded into <laughs> a corporate e-learning that uh, that I created. That's awesome! I didn't know that. Great, that is really great. Um, yeah, she's so- one of my favorites from Downton Abbey. Have either of you seen the movie T, which I believe that's what it's called? Um, Maggie Smith and and two others that I can't remember their names, but they're ladies. They've all gotten the official title. No, no, no. This is who happen to be huge name actresses in... Hollywood, British movies, and it's just they get together just themselves for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And this one time, they let a camera crew. It's a riot. <laughs> <laughs> that was on Netflix. I don't know if it's still, but you get to see them being themselves, and they're reminiscing about their for the decades. And when they first were doing theater and just lids and all. Yeah, there's oh. Tea with Mussolini is, um, it's got Judy Dench in it and Maggie Smith and 
uh, Cher is in it. Lily Tomlin. No, this is um, this is uh, tea with dang tea with the dames. Okay, sorry, I had the wrong. So much. Oh, here it is. They've yeah, done so much. Eileen Atkins, yes. and um, I found it. It also has Judy Dench in it. <laughs> well, because Maggie and Judy have been best friends. Okay. And those two start sitting there talking stories and getting giggles. It's hilarious. I it's can't hilarious. wait to see that. You're, you're looking at your friend. I highly recommend it. Tea with the Dames. I put the link in the in the chat for anybody who wants oh, to go good. look it up on IMDb. So you can find that. That's kind of cool. I'm so glad you brought that up. Now I can't wait to see it. Um, and it looks like you can watch that on Amazon Prime. Ooh. Oh, good. And yeah. It's also on Apple TV and a few other places. But yeah. Cool. I'm I'm going to. My sister loved that too. Yeah. A couple times because I kept laughing and missing the next joke. Oh. I had to be quiet. <laughs> um, there was something so funny about both of them. Um, Judy Dench, I, I don't know what it is about like British women, especially like more the well-known actresses, but they, they have like some of the driest senses of humor and can just quip like it's nobody's business. Um, they talk about like Julie Andrews, um, when she's not in front of the camera is just very different and just very much um, down to earth. Uh, but when she's in front of the camera, it's like Queen, uh, Queen Julie and like, oh, yes, it's speaking very proper. And then you turn around and you have Judy Dench and she's like, I don't care. I'm going to be myself no matter what. Um, and I, I have to respect her for that. Yes, um, I'm trying to think. It was Emma Thompson, I believe, when she was doing the Harry Potter movie. Had a swear jar for the adult actors and funding somebody's college education. Wow! Because <laughs> she was just so. Apparently, she hasn't learned from Julie Andrews on how to behave in front of others. She didn't care. That's funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> so where do you do you ever come up with like new recipes and stuff? Do you are you in development for things often or how does that happen for you? I was supposed to be adding some recipes this summer and but I'm hoping to have some for next year and then okay. I also have a cookbook. Oh. Oh. I get a lot of my customers tell me they've, they've played off of the original mix. You know, like with the potato soup mix, who's made a shepherd's pie soup oh. using that. Or another one, corn bisque, using the potato soup. And then piece that I can't make a mix out of because they're just that, that won't stay fresh yeah. or whatever. So that's something I've, I've had an idea thought might be fun. Yeah. I'm think... hoping formulating a solid plan by next summer. 
cookbooks seem to sell really well too. I want to say, um, I think that's like the number one seller on Amazon. I think, I think that's what I heard that cookbooks are like a number one seller in America. Like that's the number one type of book that sells. So I think that sounds like it would do really well. Um, Paul Newman used to do a contest through one of the ladies magazine, his food products that he has in the store. And if you, he would, and you using the popcorn or the salad dressing or the marinara or whatever, the winners, instead of getting a cash prize, they would get a donation made to the chair in mm. certain increments, depending on first, second, or third. And the thing to do is try to do it to where it's giving back. I've looked at charities of a like Henderson's to, to give to mm-hmm. and I can't so many you know I'm passionate about that I'd love to help out so this would be a way back and I wouldn't have to make a choice yeah <laughs> but a fun recipes to see how people are, are playing with them yeah that's and and especially for people who maybe want to get some of your items but like can't <coughs> transport food for whatever reason or um I don't know why that would be, but I could see that I being a great have, gift. I have heard, yes, I have, TSA will toss the jam. Oh. It's more than, had one lady try to fly home with some and she emailed me back going, they threw it out. Oh. That she had to order more. Well, I'm glad she ordered more though. <laughs> yeah. She was excited about the she just didn't think that she needed to be more careful. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like a liquid, so it. I wouldn't maybe think of that either. Who knows what they're what they're thinking? Crime. I think so. That's the. I was raised. Don't waste food. <laughs> right. right. Um. So I once, um, I talk about this often, but I once went to the Netherlands and um, there they don't really keep bread um, in like standard, standard packaging. And they typically are close enough to a bakery that you can go pick up fresh bread pretty much on the daily. And I once stopped into a bakery and got like a bag of buns that I was then going to turn around and make some sandwiches for the week. And I put it in my backpack and proceeded to not take it out of my backpack again until I was flying back home. So I wound up flying, I don't know, over a thousand <laughs> miles with like a package of <laughs> of uh, Dutch buns in my backpack. And I'm going through customs, <laughs> going through customs. And the, the customs agent um, goes, you know, waves the wand over my backpack and you boop, 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 boop. And he opens it up and pulls out like a bag of Dutch uh, Dutch buns and goes, um, <laughs> "Sir, um, are, would you still like these?" <laughs> and I, as I took a look at the package, I started to no- notice the mold, and I started to notice oh. that it was no longer fresh. Oh no! And, and I was like, "I would have to pay for that, right?" And he goes, "Yes, no." Trash that. <laughs> <laughs> Just to him. Said that's a shame. That's such a shame. It is. 
And they were really good too. I had one of them. I just want you to say Dutch buns again. Dutch <laughs> Dutch buns, Dutch buns, Dutch buns, Dutch buns, Dutch buns. <laughs> Uh, so, Amy, as far as as far as like, um, what inspires you when you create food? Like, you said that the that the soup mixes came first, then it was the bread, then it was the jams. Um, but what inspires you, honestly, to to keep making food or keep coming up with these incredible confectionery treats? Would it be awful if I said trying to continue strong sales? <laughs> No, oh. um, that's valid. Well, I love, um, it's just fun for me to c come up with something that just touches other people too. I mean, some of the, like I said, some of these are family recipes. Mix is, you know, they ask me, what does it taste like? And it's like, it's my childhood. And that was something I did find out that she baked them in the oven, which is how I've got the instructions on them. But in Wales, they actually do them on a griddle, hmm. kind of like little hotcakes. You need to try this and get this adjusted. So it's, I mean, every culture celebrates or comes. I mean, you you even, I've seen um, travel shows where people nothing villages in nowhere africa they have nothing by our american standards and yet they have no thing everybody gets around the fire there's their form of music their form of food there which you could find a different version of it but anywhere in the world people welcome with food people celebrate with, with food you know, they, I'm, I'm from South Louisiana, so if there's a death, you're not going to have to cook for about because everybody brings you f food, and it's just a it's one way that we communicate. I guess it's one of those forms of a, you know, I'll feed you, I'll share with you, we'll sympathize together over over something with a little stronger in the tea, maybe. Well, yeah, it's very, it, it builds community and, and yes. unity. Yeah. It's interesting because I had, was listening to another podcast where they were talking about this and they were talking about how when they, when various uh, charities were giving food to the poorer places in the world, that they would give them food thinking, okay, we've just dropped you this, we've dropped this household 30 days worth of food um in various forms and so we'll come back and give them another 30 days of food in in another month and they would uh real they would discover that they would run out way before the 30 days because the way their the way their culture was was when you have extra food you share it you bring everybody in yes. from all around and you give the food away and you share it and you bring everybody in for the big pot of soup and everything and and they realize that you can't give them a, a month supply without giving the whole village a month supply <laughs> because right. it, yeah or they'll run right. out right and they once they realized that they they 
various charities who did that realized how they needed to give them food differently or more often or spread it out further so they wouldn't. But really that community exists in other cultures so much that they weren't going to change it just because of the way we dropped off food. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And if if you get blessed with something like that, it's all share it with others. Yeah. I think that's how, how humanity through all the dark periods through history is you get your community and you know safety in numbers it's also going to be survival in numbers yeah i don't think that there's a more southern way of saying i care about you and i'm thinking about you than honestly through forms of food um i remember honestly so often like growing up that um kind of like you mentioned, like any time that there was a death or a time of sadness or even in times of joy, um, there was always some form of a casserole dish, a pie showing up on our doorstep, um, which I just got to say, shout out to pecan pies. Mm, yeah, mm, special place in my heart for pecan pies. Um, yes. but... I'm glad you didn't say pecan pie. <laughs> okay. Well, he didn't. <laughs> Wait, how do you say it, Amy? Uh, pecan pie. Pecan pie. Okay. Pecan pie. That is the correct way. <laughs> <laughs> um, people in Texas would disagree, but they're also wrong. Uh, but, they're a country unto themselves. Uh, bless their ever-loving hearts. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that as somebody from I see Texas. What you did sometimes I think that we, as people, sometimes fail with words we're not sure what words are the most impactful the moment but mm-hmm. we can bake we can bake love into food and that's some uh, maybe a little heady concept but we can absolutely bake how much we care into something that we've created for somebody else and i think that speaks volumes so if you can't say it with words say it with food well when my family was young and money was kind of tough invited to these birthday parties. I started learning how to decorate cakes, the money to go out and buy a gift and everything. I offer the mom, it's like, tell me what the theme is for you and that'll be our gift. And half the time the kids were more thrilled with that, get tired of later on. And cause I've got a one of a kind cake that nobody else to me. And that made them feel so special. And fight on my part, but they appreciated the effort and also my daughter to birthday parties. <laughs> and the soups I make, um, three of them are vegan. So you can just mix them up if you are more carnivorous. You can add meat. But I mean, like potato soup, most people are going to put some bacon on top of the bowl or maybe cook it up with a little bit of a ham. Yeah. And the Henderson, the Henderson's is actually a Scottish recipe. Nettles, barley, brown rice, onions, herbs. And that's how it's served. It's, it's just a nice hearty recipe. I'll cook it up with beef broth. I was looking at that it, one. It's really unique. Yeah. And then, you know, down here, some of them will add like the spicy rotel tomato if they want to zing it up to it it's 
great if you have some leftover meat. That and the creamy rice for, you know, throw me your leftovers and see what I can do with it. And you're going to love this. Um, so I do have to ask, since it is fall, um, it is officially fall now, so I'm going to call it fall. Um, the weather outside might disagree with me, but that is neither here nor there. Not here. <laughs> here a little bit. Um, but my question to you is, since we're talking about soups and things, what is your like go-to meal for, uh, for fall or for when things start to get a little chilly? I would say it's the Hendersons with the brown. That's, that's just, you can have a salad on the side and it's, if it's really cold and wet outside and especially if, like after one of those rainy days where you've been at the Ren Fair, it's cold, you're soaked to the bone, beer bread. Because you can do the beer bread in like a soup bowl shape and just soup in a bread bowl. And, oh, that is so, there's something about carbs on being oil that's just very soothing. Mm, carbs. <laughs> Yes, I don't claim that most of the Weight Watchers friendly, they're, they're traditional recipes, they're comfort, I recommend moderation, but I mean brownies, come on. Yeah. But I had to throw in my mother's brownie recipe because it was just so, and apparently my customers agree, so... When you're selling, whoops, sorry about my mic. When you're selling at the Renaissance Fair, do you have samples out? Like, how do people? Yeah. Okay. I was wondering how people tried your your items and foods there. Because I could see this being successful, but how if they haven't tried it? Like, I'm, I'm going to order some, right? But Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially the jams, because our combinations. Okay, right. So I definitely have samples of the jams, and I usually, like the Louisiana Ren Fair, I have a shop where I can actually have a little electricity, and I've got pot that, that I hide in the, in the cauldron. So I'll try to do one soup sample a week, sample a week, and then the jams. Now, we had to quit that with COVID oh. so in this year, but I definitely have the bake mixes and and try to do some of the I mean, if nothing else, just the aroma of the soup cooking fills the booth and just oh, draws. I bet. That sounds amazing. See, now <laughs> I'm scared to go to any kind of Renaissance festival because I'm just going to, like, smell, like, these incredible aromas of things. And I'm just going to, like, be drawn to all of them. Um, Half the a good third of it is food. <laughs> Definitely the food. You're going to... They... You're not going to find it most regular festivals. So you'll definitely have, yes, turkey lay. <laughs> there. Oh, that would be Seth again. Mm -hmm. uh, he and his turkey leg. <laughs> leg. I put, because it's perfect for fall, I put the link up for the mold cider spice bags because that sounds amazing. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. That just sounds um, perfect for this time of year. I do those. Um, I 
so you found them because uh, I couldn't remember if I had turned them back on because I, d- I usually don't have those over the summer mm. and the mold wine and the mold cider yeah those are those are nice and comforting when it's I didn't let me see if I I, I don't think I saw the mold oh there is uh mold cider and mold wine and then there's the Celtic gift bundle that has those in there too it looks like yes that's exciting oh what a cool mix of things that's wonderful okay everybody's just gonna have to get off of here and go to your site and (laughs) well they can wait until it's over you can (laughs) because amy is busy with us right now (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry to inform you that i can't ship go ahead i can't ship anything tonight sorry right i have to wait until tomorrow we we rely on other services like the post office and right um unless you're sam hewn sam if you're listening um please email me at emily at the com so we can put you directly in touch with amy and she will open her yes. shop for you at any time day or night 24 7 you just name it and we'll, we'll make that happen and if you would like to sponsor us, uh, please email us at please sponsor us. We love you at the <laughs> Yes. And if you Definitely. would like, if anybody would like to send us some of Amy's treats, you can send us an email at send us. Is it send us treats? <laughs> send us treats. Send us treats at the These are all emails that actually are, are in existence and we can be found there. We will answer you. What part of the process of like making this stuff or being at the run fair or selling it or what the online part of your business, what is your favorite part of the process that you get the most excited about? The sales, being at, at the festival, meeting, you know, getting to talk to them. Um, I'm always hearing stories about somebody's lender, somebody's recent trip to Ireland or they may have lived or, you know, somebody in their family had the bread recipe that went with them when they passed away. Mm. So they haven't been able. So it's, it's fun to see how, how it connects to people, you know, trust me when I'm setting up a booth, ridiculous weather, and questioning my life choices at that time <laughs> set up and have the gates open and the people will come in and you know start telling me the jams or what it means to them that's when i realized that it's been worth it all i do it and to me that's more valuable than than the money i make I probably, it's more rewarding to me the money just helps me keep doing it um, right that's, that's the part that's the part that's so special especially with some of these recipe childhood too you know that somebody else is going oh those are so right well i think part of what you do too at least stories that you hear you're what you do kind of touches people at home where their soul is and where their heart is and i think that's a little more intimate than than selling some other products and you know 
versus a lot of the other things that are yeah. sold out there. So that's really cool that you get that experience and that that's part of what that's fulfilling to you. That's really cool. Well, don't we all have, you know, a memory of some favorite food or sharing something with a parent or, you know, TV having that snack or something. There's, there's, they say the memory food does too. Food does too. I mean, look at the fights that go on at Thanksgiving. Remember that one family recipe again this year and you may not eat it, but it's just not your Thanksgiving if you don't have it. Right. Right. It's funny because this just came up in real life for me too. I went to a small private high school and one of the things we used to do to raise money for our class trip is we would sell, do like bake sales and um, we did various foods available at lunchtime. And one of the things that we sold was um, one of the families that were, was involved with the school. They had multiple members of this family were teachers at the school and their kids were at the school. So like everybody knew them. And they had, they were from the Philippines and they had this recipe for lumpia, which is basically a type of spring roll, like an egg roll. And, oh, they were so good. And I'd never eaten anything quite like it at that time in my life. And everybody loved them. The whole school, everybody bought them. We'd make gigantic batches. We'd freeze them by the dozen and offer them for sale. And (laughs) the only reason we were able to do it is because um well we called her mrs e mrs e the matriarch of the family had this recipe from when she was in the philippines and brought it over with her and we would go over to her house and make these gigantic batches i remember rolling these little egg rolls for hours so we could go on our school trip and i uh had reconnected with one of her i think it might be her grandson on facebook and I said, you know, I, I've had this in the back of my head for years now. I want that recipe. And so he asked, <laughs> he asked if she, you know, she's not young anymore. <laughs> can you find, can you give us the recipe um, for Emily? And she doesn't have it because she did it all from memory. Oh. She does not yes. have it written down. And so he's just going to give me the list of ingredients and then sort of tell me some of the ratio of, of <laughs> portions. But there's yeah. no, she never measured anything. She never counted anything. It was just, um, I start with this much and I just throw it together. And so I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah. She's He's working on getting that list to me. Right, like right now, I messaged him back today. Um so I'm really hoping to, I'll make it a hundred times to try to fine tune this recipe. I'm so excited that, um, oh, that's, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. See, and that's something that stuck with you. And mm-hmm. it's probably not something fancy, mm-hmm. but it was just, it was a special memory flavor. Yeah. The smell of it cooking and. The taste that's going to bring me right back. That's, yeah, it's exactly one of those things. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, Amy, honestly, this, 
I uh, I need to go. Uh, <laughs> I need to go out and like go get something to eat because we've been talking about food for this while. And honestly, I uh, I am very anticipatory of getting these jams in here, especially the marmalade now because I think Seth really uh, took to the marmalade. Um, but good. One thing I do want to ask you is uh, we've mentioned a, that you go to some Renaissance festivals. Can I ask uh, what is the next couple of Renaissance festivals that you, our lovely thousands of listeners can listen to? Um, next weekend is the first ever Mississippi in Gulfport. It's a three-day festival, and we're really excited about this. We're going to have regions like a Viking region and oh. we'll be in the Scotland region and forward to that. That sounds like they, they've really got a cool setup. And then two weeks at Renaissance Festival, which runs for six weekends, starting the, the first week runs through, um, second weekend of December, I believe. That one's just fun. There's different theme weekends. So you can check out the web, the website or you know what choose the weekend you want to come out whether it's pirates or celtic or what's the name of that one again you cut out right when you said the name of that one that's the louisiana renaissance festival okay. um it's my home there okay i was just wanting to get a link for that so so people can i found it uh, and just for everybody uh, listening here, that is the Mississippi Renaissance Festival uh, runs from uh, October 14th through the 16th. Then they're going to also be at the Louisiana Renaissance Festival starting uh, November 5th, uh, running all the way up through checking Sunday, December 11th. Um, you can find them from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. More details to come at the Louisiana Renaissance Festival. Yeah, that's uh, msrenfest.com for the Mississippi one and larf2022.org for the Louisiana one. Um, Amy, I want to thank you so much for... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I hadn't even heard that, that new website. Thank you for giving it. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, but Amy, it was a pleasure to have you on tonight. Um, oh, thank you. Absolutely. Um, can, um, so your website, of course, is going to be hendersonshearth.com, all one word, hendersonshearth.com. Um, are there any other socials that you would like um, our listeners to, uh, to connect with you on? I'm on Ensign's Hearth and Facebook. Instagram as henderson's hearth and facebook as henderson's hearth yeah yes perfect um well with that being said um everybody please you've heard us talk about um this marvelous food these incredible creations um from the lovely amy here please go check out um and i'm sure that you will as soon as this podcast is over because as your if your mouth is salivating like mine is Oh boy, yes. Uh, we'll need to get some. Yeah. Um, but let's give it another round of applause. And please, can we get some love for Miss Amy uh, for being on with us on the podcast tonight? Thank you. So, for so much Thank for coming. You. Yay. 
Oh, no, I ask you both. Uh, will you join us in a brief, like, 30-second dance break? Oh, <laughs> every, sure. He does this every time. He doesn't do whistle breaks. He doesn't do, like, look bored breaks. He does dance breaks every time. How yeah, about, because dance break. How about dance we do break. that one dance from Lord of the Rings? Hmm? How about we do that, Trey? <laughs> How about I go clean off my third degree burns? <laughs> Seth said, I'll be sure to save a marmalade sandwich under my hat in the event that Amy shows up. Aww. That's Excellent. wonderful. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.